This is an AI Group podcast. Today I'm with Brent Ferguson, AI Group's National Manager Workplace Relations, to discuss the recent changes to the Clark's Award to introduce greater flexibilities associated with working from home arrangements. I'm Tony Melville, AI Group's Head of Corporate Affairs. And this podcast is provided with the support of the Commonwealth Government, represented by the Fair Work Ombudsman. Late last year, the Fair Work Commission granted an AI Group application to provide greater flexibility under the Clark's Award about that working from home arrangements. And this was all COVID related, and now the case is going back. Is that right? Where are we at with this? Look, uh, there, case? there will be uh, some ongoing proceedings uh, later this month and over the year ahead to deal with. You know, what flexibilities should be in the award in order to facilitate working from home arrangements. So but, those flexibilities are running out? Uh, well, they, they will. There's only temporary flexibilities. I think to provide, uh, to give you an idea of how they work, it's probably useful to provide some background to, to the case. Uh, when COVID first hit uh, in early March last year, there was emergent proceedings uh, before the Commission to implement um, agreed flexibilities in relation to uh, working from home arrangements. They were flexibilities negotiated between AI Group, the ACTU and some other employer bodies. Um, and part of that uh, new arrangement was that where employees were working from home, uh, they'd be able to work a larger spread of ordinary hours under the Clark's Award. So the award generally provides that you can work ordinary hours between 7am and 7pm and they're hours that don't attract overtime rates. Uh, but what was agreed was that if you're working from home, you should be able to work earlier in the morning and later in the evening uh, without receiving overtime rates. And, what, and could you also take breaks during the day? Or well, that, that's one of the reasons why we've had the recent proceedings is that the, the, the usual uh, award provisions relating to breaks continued to apply, uh, regardless of these extra flexibilities. Um, but what's happened throughout last year was essentially because there was this enduring need uh, uh, for people to work from home, those flexibilities just kept getting extended on a temporary basis, but they were due to run out early this year. Uh, so uh, in recognition of the fact that working from home was going to be an ongoing phenomenon, quite clearly, uh, we thought there was an urgent need to, um, uh, to extend them on a longer lasting or more enduring basis. So uh, uh, what happened is, as a product of negotiations with another employer group, uh, the ACTU and the ASU, uh, we managed to reach an agreement that um, the flexibilities around ordinary working hours would be extended until the end of June. And so what that would mean is that ordinary hours could be worked from 6am until 10pm at night, uh, provided that the employer and employee have agreed on the employee working from home or, importantly, working remotely. It didn't have to be their home. It could be another place of their choosing away from the employer's premises. And they were available if the employee requested it. So the employee has to want to work those extended hours, if you will. But once those two requirements are met, the employee is now free to work in the morning or later in the night, times to suit them in essence, without the employer then having to pay overtime rates. If so so is, this, is this case scheduled, it's got it scheduled here and when will we know the outcome of it? Well, it, it, it's actually been determined. So uh, there were negotiations uh, just before Christmas and on the 22nd of December, the Fair Work Commission uh, decided to vary the award to give effect to this variation so that these flexibilities are now actually available and will be available until the end of June, which is a very positive outcome because, look, in essence, it removes an award-derived barrier to an employer letting an employee work in this flexible way if they're happy to accommodate it. But importantly, there were some other changes made 
to the award that made this new arrangement more flexible. Now, you mentioned brakes, Tony. So that's one of the key issues. The award is very prescriptive around the precise times that people need to take breaks. You know, there are specific 10-minute rest breaks and specific you know, lunch breaks or meal breaks, rather, that have to be taken. And to give you an idea, it says that the meal break needs to be taken within the first five hours, if you're working more than five hours. What this new schedule does is says if you're working from home, in accordance with this sort of arrangement, the employee can take the meal break at a time that suits their circumstances, which obviously reflects the reality of working from home arrangements. People aren't taking their breaks necessarily always in a scheduled way. They're doing other things throughout the day. Well, I know our staff here, I'm, I'm often getting told, oh, sorry, I can't do that. I've got to go and pick up the kids, oh, but, which, which didn't happen before. And that's what we're hearing, is that while people are working from home, they are working more flexibly. And you know, often employers can accommodate that. It might not be something that they're seeking the employer to do, but they can accommodate it. And it's just the reality of the working world now. So what we've tried to do is remove award uh, barriers to that, and what the Commission's done is grant that flexibility around meal breaks. But not permanently. Is it, what, what is the next stage of this? Yeah, there is going to be another set of proceedings, and they will be considering whether these kinds of changes um, uh, should be implemented on a more enduring basis if employer parties, such as ourselves, uh, call for that sort of variation to be made. But And will that be after June? Uh, look, the proceedings may be uh, in the coming months. There's some proceedings scheduled for uh, notionally at the moment, later this month, uh, to see whether the parties uh, want to call for uh, more enduring changes be, to be made. Now, that might be employers saying that these kinds of changes should stay, or it might be the ACTU pursuing an additional uh, raft of changes. And they have foreshadowed uh, that there are things that they would uh, seek to have implemented as well. Which brings us to the uh, the Australian Union's Working From Home Charter. If we, if we want to look at how we think the unions will approach yeah. this case. It's not, you, you could do no better than looking at their charter, which includes a whole variety of things, as many points. Maybe you can mention a few others, but the first one that jumps out there is the, the employer, this is from their charter on work-related expenses and working from home, the employer will provide an adequate allowance of full or full cost reimbursement for all work-related expenses including water, electricity, gas, stationery, equipment, amenities, telephone and internet, some of which they would be doing anyway, but it's very broad. Look, that's the issue. So, I mean, the ACTU, through this charter, said that they recognise that working from home is likely, to, at least in some form, to be an enduring uh, issue, uh, but they're now calling for all sorts of additional rights for employees in relation to working from home. Um, and look, part of it is this view that employees shouldn't be uh, put to any expense because of the implementation of working from home arrangements. And there's a degree of reasonableness in this, in the sense that there might be certain additional costs that employees incur. But it's a complex issue, Tony, as, as you say. <laughs> but, but, what, but they're also, are you allowed to, in a case like this, argue the balancing out that they're not, that employees are not paying for transport costs? Well, that's, I think that's the point. So unions are saying, are raising the point that there are certain expenses that employees might occur, as you've said, you know, the costs of additional electricity, um, you know, additional water internet costs, phone costs, and so forth. But it's a balancing act, I think, that the Commission will have to look at in considering whether or not they impose any new obligation on employees to cover those costs or to pay some sort of allowance to them. Because, as you say, Tony, a lot of those costs would already be incurred. And also would be tax deductible if you claim a working from home. That's exactly right. And it's not, you know, it's not like employees have just put phones on or are just using a mobile now because they're working from home. And the other important point that needs to be balanced is people report that they're making huge savings 
from working from home. You know, there's not travel costs, there's not the same issues around you know, purchasing meals or even potentially clothes and so forth that you might be spending if you're going uh, to the office. So look, it, it's going to be a challenging issue uh, if the Commission is called upon to sort of draw that balance between the two, but, but that's one key, key element uh, of the proposal. Um, another issue they're raising is that you know, outside of uh, health directions uh, from the government, their view is that the decision to work from home or, or the office you know, should be reached by a great between the employer and employee. So the employee should have some control over this. And I think one of the things is, you know, that's uncertain is the extent to which the unions will push for some right to demand or request to work from home uh, that they will that will be in some way enforceable, uh, which which is a really contentious issue because of course uh, not all employers are particularly elated by the implementation of working from home arrangements. I think it's something people recognise that has had to be accommodated because of the, you know, the very you know, vital health response. But I think a lot of employers are very keen to get their workforces back. So we'll see whether the unions, in the context of these proceedings, um, or through enterprise bargaining or, or general lobbying efforts, you know, do push for some greater rights for employees to, to, to control whether they work from home or the office. Because you do hear public statements from the unions that suggest that employers are forcing workers to work from home and don't want them back, but we hear from our members the opposite. Yeah, and I think that's the, the simplistic rhetoric that gets thrown around, is that employers are making some great saving by employees working from home. But certainly the feedback we're receiving is that, well, uh, that's not what they want, that sort of arrangement. Many employers want people to come back to work. They want to maximise the productivity that flows from people working together. Um, but, you know, against that, a lot are prepared to balance that consideration. We're trying to accommodate what their employees want. And I think that's something that we're going to have to work through in the months ahead, uh, through these proceedings and, and just generally. Brent, are there any other flexibilities that we haven't talked about that are in this um, in, in this award at the moment? Yeah, look, part, part of the other, or probably two new flexibilities that were inserted uh, through the changes in December uh, relates to um, uh, the way hours are worked, firstly, uh, where you're working from home. So under the award, uh, ordinary hours of work need to be undertaken continuously without breaks apart from scheduled meal breaks and rest breaks contemplated by the award. Under this new arrangement, if you're working remotely, an employer is able to, an employee rather, is able to insert other breaks into their day. So you don't need to work your ordinary hours continuously. You can break it up and in reality you know, go do the shopping or whatever, provided your employer agrees to that sort of flexibility. So that's, that's one important additional flexibility. And the other is in relation to part-time employment. Now, uh, normally under the award, you have to be very clear in the hours that a part-timer will work. You have to set the specific start, finish times of work, the days of work and so forth. Uh, under this arrangement, uh, an employee, if the employer agrees, who's working on a part-time basis, uh, can you know, work whatever hours suit them uh, within agreed parameters. You know, and, and that might be parameters, for example, saying you know, between the hours of nine and five, you can work your part-time hours, whatever suits you, but you don't need to work them continuously or in the originally agreed form. Other sorts of issues are things like privacy and, um, you know, a lot of employers, I know, I know from my own daughter, that they know when she's on the computer, they know when she's logged in and they know when she's working. Are the unions um, not happy with that? Oh, well, I think th this is a tension when you look at the, the working from home charter. I think part of the, uh, the issues they address in that is that, you know, um, is the issue of surveillance of employees working from home. And, you know, there's clear views about that sort of data that, you know, when people are working and so forth needs to be transparent and needs to be dealt with appropriately. But one of the tensions is, well, should employers be able to record where you are 
and track you and so forth. And part of the charter is that unless it's intrinsic to your role, an employer shouldn't be able to uh, uh, track where you're working uh, from, which you know, uh, might be an issue that many employers uh, uh, aren't comfortable with, that many will probably want to know exactly what their employees are doing uh, during their time. But look, how people are you know, monitored while they're working from home will be an issue because employers need to pay for time spent working and the unions will be very strong in that view that all time works needs to be paid for. But then with that raises the spectre of, well, should you monitor everything they're doing you know, through their laptops, what have you? And what does that do from a cultural perspective? Because I'm sure out there in reality there are lots of employees working very flexibly and without a lot of close scrutiny. Yeah. And so the case now will... Um We'll wait and see how the proceedings go. But one important thing is that you would like to hear from members about what their experiences are, members and others, about what their experiences are out there, and that will help inform our uh, what we're putting into the proceedings. Yeah, look, I, I think, just to be clear, at the moment there's these temporary measures that are implemented, and we've spoken about some elements of them, uh, but there are other flexibilities available onto the schedule, but they expire at the end of, uh, at the end of June. Um, uh, I suppose between now and then, uh, what the Commission will have to do is consider whether there is a need uh, for an extension of those sorts of flexibilities or some different kind of provision. Now, from our perspective, uh, we'd like to hear from employers about you know, their views about working from home arrangements and, and importantly, you know, whether there are any changes to the award that need to be made uh, in order to accommodate the needs of uh, businesses uh, or, or employees uh, in, in the context you know, of their current challenges. So, look, we'd only encourage people who are interested in this to, to reach out. People can reach out to myself. Yep. Send Brent an email at brent.ferguson at aigroup.com.au. That's it, Tony. Okay, and Brent will get back to you. Okay, well, that, that's all for now. And uh, as Brent says, get back to him on this very important issue. It'll all be in place, these flexibilities, till June, but it's uncertain beyond that. Yeah, likely to be proceedings in months ahead. Okay, thanks very much, and that's all for now. See you next time. Thanks, Tony.